Hey, I'm Michael Dorinda. And I'm Jake Bennett. And welcome to episode 114 of the North Meet South Web podcast. I miss our intro music. I really miss it. You I miss love it. it. Yep. Mm-hmm. You can I just listen of... to it at the end. Nope. It's outro music now. Nope. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna start editing the shows and we'll put it back in at the beginning. Okay. Don't 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 deal. You nope. do the you do the editing. <laughs> no. No. You said it. You said it out loud. You're committed. Hey, I'm I'm all for should. you taking over I the probably editing. Should, I probably should take it on for a little bit, huh? I mean, <laughs> man, you've been editing every show every week for years now. Years. For a while, yeah. Yep. Yep. I imagine you've got a pretty solid workflow down. I mean, I've got the workflow down to looking for the bits where we talk over each other and looking for the obvious ums and ahs and then just deleting that. I, I very very rarely censor content or anything like that it's just where i know that there's obvious yep. blunders and things like that that i'll just tidy up it. for the most part yeah just just ship it ship just it ship yep. my pants ship my podcast <laughs> ship it all i just shipped my drawers a long time listeners of the podcast we'll, we'll get that one <laughs> hey um so last time we were on the show we were talking about vim mm. we had jesse Lee on the show and uh, I think we both, or maybe just me, forgot to ask anybody to be on the show this week. So mm-hmm. nobody is on the show this week except for you and me. So we're going to talk about Vim a little bit more. Just yeah. the just two, the of, two us. of us. We can Vim it if try. <laughs> this be great. Okay. So yeah. Well, where we how was your to... homework? How did, how did you, yeah, how did I you did, go? I did pretty good, I think. I mean, I didn't, I've been using it more and more. Um mm-hmm. And so where I got was I downloaded and installed NeoVim uh, through um, Brew. Mm-hmm. And then I installed, well, not installed, but I'm using um, VimPlug, I think is what it is, to get all my plugins set up. So I've got that all going now. Um, I've got a proper theme Mm-hmm. going on with uh, some nerd fonts to do some icon replacements. So I've got um, the, is it Powerline bar? No, it's not Powerline. What's the bar along the bottom? You've got airline? the status line. Yep, airline. Airline. Yep. Got airline along the bottom there. I've got some code completion. I've got uh, a control P fuzzy search, command P fuzzy mm-hmm. search thing kind of going on. Um, I've got nerd tree. Instead of the regular, no, no, whoop, not whoop. Nerd Tree. Is it good? Nerd Tree's good or no? Sidebars are bad. Sidebars are illegal. No, it's so the, it's not. The I don't Vim have police, a sidebar. The Vim have a sidebar. Will come for you. I just have Nerd Tree. So it's just like a replacement for the regular file directory listing stuff so that it gives me, instead of like navigating to a new screen every time I go into a subdirectory, it just kind of shows it, you know, as like a, uh, it kind of just goes over one, tabs in, and then drops down, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, using Nerd Tree instead of the regular, I can't remember what it's called. NetRW. NetRW, thank you. Yeah, Explorer, instead of that. yeah. So are you, you typically just use NetRW still? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. It's, um, it's, rare, it's rare that I'll do directory traversal or tree traversal like that mm-hmm. in any scenario. Mm-hmm. Usually it's just control P. Yep. Same. That's that's mapped to um tree sitter, which is tree sitter, uh, you said? Tree sitter. Sorry, telescope. Telescope is the like finder that's built into NeoVim. Mm-hmm. And so I've got control P mapped to that and there's like find files, there's git files, there's all of all of that goodness built in. So you could say like if you wanted to find 
a if you only want to search within you know the 50 or so files in your project or the 100 or so files in your project you use that and then i've got control pp <laughs> pp mapped to do all files and so then i can go and search vendor if i'm looking for something specific in vendor okay yeah yeah so i've got let me make sure that i'm i've got this correct here but there's a whole bunch of different sources right so you could you could have a mapping i've got leader b mapped to to bring up a telescope pick list or a finder list for um for buffers so all of my open uh-huh. buffers so if i wanted mm-hmm. to jump between buffers you can do that and you've got fuzzy searching and things like that in there as well that's just um, your like fix. recently opened files or something like that yeah yeah right, so anything that's in an open buffer so not necessarily recently opened but things that you have opened but then you've you know if you jump between files and you're not using splits or tabs these things are still open in in buffers sort of in the background so yep. this allows you to kind of list all that out and go, okay, well, I want to, you know, I'm in, I'm in my user model, but now I want to jump to my user controller or I want to jump to a user factory or my user test. You can search through the open buffers for those four things. So you might only have the model open in the foreground. And, you know, if you want to jump back, so if you've got the, uh, the test open and then you want to go and look at your user model and you want to jump back to your test, you can hit control six or control carrot. And that will jump backwards and forwards between those files. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, nice. You can use Control I and Control O to jump back through markers. So if you've been navigating through oh, yeah, a file, sure. yep. so you can go forward and backwards through, you know, across buffers and to different edit points in your editor. And then, you know, if you've got, as I said, you've got those four files open: the controller, the model, the factory, and the test. If you use the buffer, like to find the open buffers then you can jump from like the test to the controller and then to the uh, model and then to the factory. Jump around that way um, quite easily as well. Yeah, I do use that all the time. I'll jump back to like the previous file or use control P right now opens up my most... Re- Actually, control E, I think. Nope, no, no. Control P gives me a listing of all my most recent files that I opened, but then it mm-hmm. also allows me to fuzzy search across the entire um, project as well. So mm-hmm. that's all what, all those things you're talking about, the the I and O, the leader I and O or control and mm-hmm. I and O to control do the different. Yeah. Is that all part of telescope as well? No. So those are those are standard Vim navigations. Nice. So okay, cool. You can do that. And that's that's really handy, especially if you're jumping between like calling a method. So where you're calling some method in your controller, you could like go to the definition of that file or of that method, but then you could use control O to jump back to the call and so you could quickly jump backwards and forwards between them mm-hmm. um, and that's useful you know whether it's jumping between files to the definition or if you're jumping from like a an index method in your controller to a to a private or a protected method and then jumping back up to the thing yeah rather than sort of you know using control um, j and k yeah, yeah or, you know to go backwards and forwards you could easily just jump between those points yeah that makes sense okay so for those of you who are already lost i apologize so Let's do this. I am going to recap sort of what we talked about a little bit last time, and then I'm going to kind of walk you through what I did in between then and now, and then we can move forward. So last time we had Michael and uh, Jesse on, and we were talking about what Vim is and sort of the history of Vim. Uh, Michael had made the argument that one of the reasons why he really likes it is because Vim, I thought this was really significant, 
Vim is additive rather than reductive, right? So the idea that with Vim, you start out with very, very, very vanilla, plain, 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 and then you can add to it as you want. Uh, Jesse brought up the fact that it's made to be hackable and extendable, right? That is the whole community around uh, Vim is the ability to be able to hack and write your own stuff to make Vim what you'd like it to be. And so uh, I found that that was really interesting. So the ability to write Vim script stuff really quick or, or Lua, which is uh, what NeoVim uses behind the scenes in order to do some of its scripting. Um, I found that be to be really interesting. So we talked a little bit about uh, the different flavors of Vim. We talked about Bram. Well, actually, we talked about Vi, which is just, mm-hmm. uh, I don't even know what VI stands for, but it's uh, Vi. And then Vim, V-I-M, is for Vim Improved. And we have this Bram Vim, which is what uh, Jesse calls it, I suppose, which is sort of uh, the Vim that most people would uh, use right now. And it's it uses Vim script and it's written in C and Bram is the benevolent dictator of Bram Vim. Then you have Neo Vim, uh, which is more of an open source project. It's a fork of Vim. People get credit for their contributions. It's got a more active uh, sort of open source community. It's back compatible with Bram Vim. It's also written in C, but it's extendable with Lua. And with the most recent version that's going to be coming out, it may lose some of that backwards compatibility with uh, Bram Vim. Uh, so that's of note. Mac Vim, we said, was just a wrapper around a Vim window. So it's like if you don't want to have a terminal open and then have to get into Vim, you could just open Mac Vim and it will be your Vim terminal all set for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we talked about what Lua is a little bit, what Vim script was a little bit. Um, and those are, again, just ways that basically you can extend Vim or write your own little plugins for it. So we talked about the different modes as well in Vim. So we have normal mode and we have insert mode and then we have visual mode. And then there was a couple other ones, but those are the main three. Uh, and then we talked about some of these movements, right, that you have. So you have the ability and Michael made the argument that it's not keyboard shortcuts. It's a language, right? So mm-hmm. the idea that these are not just keyboard shortcuts you're uh, you're memorizing, but it's a language. Maybe, Michael, you could expand on that just a little bit real quickly before mm. we move on. Yeah, I mean, with with keyboard shortcuts, there's like one shortcut that maps to one specific thing. Um, so, you know, in, in PHP Storm, you've got like Control-P or Command-P, um, you know, which does a certain thing. You've got another mapping that might refactor your code. You've got another mapping that might um, that might allow you to rename a symbol or a method or something like that. Um, and then, you know, to move around, you would typically use either your up and down arrows if you're in the same file or you'd, you'd go and find your mouse and you'd go and click around your sidebar to, to find whatever you're looking for there. Um, whereas in Vim, you would typically, you know, there's a handful of motions and everything is kind of chaining these motions together. So where you would where you would benefit most is to learn the motions and the language. And then you can easily jump around a lot lot quicker you know you can jump forward paragraphs you can hop around words you can um you know make selections based on the motions so if you wanted to select like three words you could do v w w w w and that would go and select the words or you could go v three w and that would do the same thing kind of you know we we chaining these things together so you've got um modifiers to all of the motions and things like that so it allows you to to really quickly and easily pick things up and move them around and 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 that's where the the power of the you know the vim as a text editor is 
is that it makes it really quick and efficient to, to do that. But then all of the IDE niceties and the LSP on top of that gives you the next level of sort of power to to then use it as a as an IDE. Okay, nice. Yeah. So they're stackable. They're sort of like composable, these different these different movements, right? So it's not just a single keyboard short that can cut that does a single thing, but it's uh each one of them has the power to be used in one or more or multiple ways. You can stack mm-hmm. and combine them together. Yeah. Okay, cool. We also talked about buffers a little bit. So a buffer is essentially an open file that has maybe been modified or I guess is just has been recently opened and has um, could or could not have changes that are waiting in it to be saved. And so then you have uh, multiple buffers open and you can change files and you still have a buffer open for one of those other ones. So it's not going to necessarily change or save your changes until you tell it to. Um but you can have multiple buffers open at the same time. So you can think of it like tabs that are open in your editor. Uh, mm-hmm. We talked, we started getting into these ideas of creating your own custom key bindings um, or being able to trigger your own little Vim scripts using something like a leader key, which I'm still a little bit confused about, but a leader key, which is sort of like a super key or a modifier um, that you can use in typically in normal mode but you can have leader keys and different bindings in the different modes as well. So you could have it in like insert mode. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but then you can, you can do different things like, for example, leader RN uh, for Jesse was run nearest test or leader RL was run last test, right? So those sorts of deals. Um, so we talked about some of those. Jesse talked about his double tap comma uh mode mapping in inserts that it jumps to the end of the line writes a comma and then stays and then goes to the next line semicolon double tap semicolon does the same thing for him so if you double tap semicolon it goes to the end of the line puts a semicolon in, and then goes down the line and so those are just little uh bindings you can create that then you can i suppose and i don't know on this one uh, i don't know where those go where do those where do you store those at maybe we can kind of um start there i've got a couple other things but pretty much that's that's where we left off i've got lots of other Mm -hmm. questions but maybe we could start talking about some of those first like leader key where would i modify that where would i store some of these key bindings where can i start writing some of my own you know if i wanted to do something where i said when i do this particular leader and then some thing where can Mm -hmm. i tell it what to do at that point Mm -hmm. So a leader is like a prefix, or it kind of gives you, I suppose, in the in a programming context, a namespace in which mm-hmm. to house all of your own key bindings, and that's to kind of make sure that number one, the bindings that you have set up suit you and your per, your preferences and and where you know your hands are on the keyboard and and what you know we talked about mnemonic devices and and sure. things that make yeah. sense for you. Um, and the thing that came up was you know Jesse using leader RN for running the nearest test, whereas I'm using leader R, uh, leader TN to test the nearest kind of thing. So those kind of things that just sit with different people in different ways, but effectively doing the same thing. So the leader is a key that you can map in your configuration for Vim. So and that that's, would be, you know, so would, in, in brand in, Vim, it'd be your, your dot VMRC file. And, okay. in, and in NVIM, it'd be in your um, init.vim init file. Yeah. Okay, perfect. And actually, suppose I'm going to do one more thing before we before we go too much farther. I want to talk real quick for those who are maybe just getting started with this where I sort of went after we ended our discussion. So Mm -hmm. I found a couple really good tutorials, one one main one that I followed, but 
Um, yeah, installing NVIM was as simple as going and searching NVIM brew. And there's just a formula that you can run if you're using brew, Mac brew, or homebrew, I suppose, right, is what it is. And that just allows you to install things to your Mac really easily just using the command line. It's like a package manager for Mac, right? So you can just um, brew, install NVIM, I think is what it is. Mm-hmm. So then I followed this tutorial and the tutorial uh, gives you uh, some instructions on where you need to set things up, right? So as Michael said, uh, when you're using nvim or neovim nvim is what you're going to use to open that from the command line or you can create an alias for vim that just points to nvim that's fine as well but then mm-hmm. the configuration for that gets stored in a init.vim it's sort of in a dot config and then nvim and then init.vim file um, and so that's where you sort of add your configurations for your neovim stuff but then in addition to that there is this idea of plugins. In this tutorial that I went through, which I'll share in the show notes, uh, I talked about these different plugins that you can use. And so they suggested a bunch of different uh, ones that you can use. And um, and I just basically copied and pasted some of those and then ran colon plug install. And they installed just like it would if I was using Composer, if I was using NPM, it just installed those um, those those plugins and configured them. And now they're available in my mm-hmm. in my Vim, so that was pretty cool. So that was uh, that was really neat. So um, there was a couple different uh, plugins that I was looking through, and most of the uh, GitHub repositories have like, okay, here's how you can install it using this different plugin manager, and here's how you can install it using this plugin manager, and here's how you can install it using uh, you know Vim plug. Uh, what what package manager do you tend to use, Michael, most of the time? Uh, so I'm using Vim plug. Okay, it's you know, it's kind of the the quickest. Well, has been um, the quickest one, but these things like Bundle and Pathogen, they're all much of a muchness. I think the the key for Vim plug and why I switched over to that from Bundle, which is what I, so Bundle V U N D L E, which is what I was using too. before, yeah. was that it it does installations and updates in parallel, so it's oh, nice. you know, it's quicker to kind Very of quick. yeah. to to carry out those things because it's obviously doing all of its cloning and installing and post install steps simultaneously. Um, so that's, that's what I'm using for a plugin manager. And most of that is fairly straightforward in that you would take the, the GitHub username slash repo, and then just put that into your configuration. So you'd have plug space and then like quote, you know, Michael Dorinda slash whatever. Um, and that would then just install that plugin. And that's essentially available straight away pending any other configuration that you want to do in, in terms of configuration, whether you're using Vim or you're using NeoVim, you, I mean, typically it's easy enough just to start out with a single VimRC file and you can put all of your configuration in one place. And same same with NeoVim. You can put everything into an init.vim. And that's, that's you know, a good place to start because you keep everything in one place. You don't have to worry about the overhead of figuring out how to source files or how to load other configuration files and things like that. And it gets you quite a, quite a long way in um probably the next level of sort of extension to that as you start getting a lot of things in there is that you might might move your plugins into their own file and then source them in and that way you know if you're only wanting to make changes to your plugins you know you want to remove something you want to add another one then you would go to your plugin.vim you'd add to that or change that how you need to and then you'd run plug plug install or plug update or whatever it is and then off you go you'd source the file and then you'd run that so that you know it picks up the changes to your file so um that's fairly straightforward where i have landed and i think a few of us 
you know, obviously Jesse, but a few of us in the in the Vim Discord have landed is on using a plugin that Jesse wrote called Vim Sorcery. And what that does is kind of gives you a um you know a structured convention in terms of where to put different files. Hmm, interesting. Um and then it it sort of handles automatically finding and loading all of those files from from a configuration directory and then you can have separate configuration for each of your plugins. So it, it gives you a, a file structure in terms of how to set that up and that's to have a plugins.vim file, a mappings.vim file in sort of your top level directory mm-hmm. alongside your vimrc. Um, or sorry, alongside your init.vim. Uh, your vimrc would be in your .vim directory. Um, and then you can basically drop anything in there and then there's a config directory and then that's where you would have your individual config files for your individual plugins. So I've got, you know, a config for completion. I've got a config for linting. I've got a configuration for, um, I don't know, whatever, whatever's in there essentially. And telescope and, and tree sitter and all those kinds of things, they all have their own configuration file and it just makes it easier to sort of house all of the specific you know, plugin specific configurations. It's just a framework then, essentially, right? Like it's made essentially, free yeah. decisions for you. So yeah. it's like, hey, instead of having to figure it out yourself every time, it's like, no, 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 mm-hmm. just use this. This is this works really well. This is kind of you're gonna need some of these things. So go ahead and do this. Yeah. Yeah. And as as the configuration grows, you're gonna find yourself looking for ways to do that mm-hmm. anyway. You yeah. know, um it's, it's essentially like requires. Because the yeah. plugins were really kind of getting pretty crazy pretty quick. So yeah, I just mm-hmm. put them out to a separate plugins.vim or I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, plugins.vim. And then I just source mm-hmm. it in my init.vim. So yeah, just basically includes it at the top and then I can have all my plug begin and then my plug end and then I have all my plugins in there and then I sort of have them broken up. Here's appearance, here's utilities, here's completion, mm-hmm. here's git, you know, stuff like git gutter and things like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's kind of like a natural progression. Most people will find their way into that. Um, and then the mappings file as well, just to keep all your key bindings in one place. That's, yeah. And that's maybe, I think, where we can jump in next. So, okay. So anyway, uh, I've got the, uh, yeah, I've got my init.vim file. And so um, what, where is the, you know, how do I start saying like, okay, for example, let's say like, how do I map my leader key? So what, um, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I guess that's if I'm in normal mode, right? So, so right now, if I press like colon, Right, mm-hmm. that gets me to be able to. That do takes like you to command colon. mode. It's command mode. Okay, so that's a different mode. So command mode is mm-hmm. something different than what we've been talking about so far. Okay, so command mode is an additional mode to the modes that we've already talked about, which are normal, insert, and visual modes. So we now have a new mode called command mode. Okay, um, so tell me a little about command mode. Um, how what, what do I typically do from command mode? So, I mean, the, the thing you probably do most in command mode is to write a file to, um, yeah, you can do all kinds of different things where you're mapping. So I have a mapping leader LM, which is mnemonic for uh, Laravel make. And what okay. that will do is it'll drop exclamation mark PHP artists and make colon onto the command line. And then I can, you know, do um, model or factory or controller or test or whatever. And, and name it and then press enter. So it's kind of like a little shortcut rather than jumping out of Vim to the command line or changing panes in Tmux to go to, you know, the project directory and then and then running PHP others in myself. I can just get a shortcut to all of that make stuff directly. So does um, command mode does command mode drop me into a shell? Like drop me into like 
it or gives what, you what the ability it? to run things in the shell, but it I is like contained. When I when I do command mode, there's only like one of a couple things that I'm doing. I'm either mm-hmm. doing colon and I'm doing W for write, or I'm doing mm-hmm. colon WQ for write and quit, or I'm doing colon Q exclamation point for quit without mm-hmm. saving, or I'm doing mm-hmm. Q or I'm doing colon explore, right? To get me back mm-hmm. to my directory listing. Yep. Those are the only things I do in command mode. But you're saying if I type the colon key and then start typing some command, I could actually issue something that I would normally do from the command line? Anything ah, that you pre- anything that you prefix with the exclamation mark will get sent to the shell rather than to Vim, and that's where you can do things like you know exclamation mark Makedo, uh, or exclamation mark PHP Artisan or Artist. Uh, um, I mean they're the main ones that I do. I don't really do too much else, um, and they they just give you a way to to jump out to the shell. Um, if you've ever been editing a file that you don't have access to. Um, and, you know, if you got to sudo, sudo vim or sudo nvim, you can do like colon w space exclamation mark sudo t percent. And, and what that does is it will take the current buffer and it will run it through sudo and then run right. And it will prompt you for your sudo password. So if you're, you know, if you're on a server and you're editing a, a configuration file and nginx config or something that you just don't have access to, and you do colon W, it'll say, you know, this is open in read-only mode. But if you yeah, do right. colon W, the rest of it, that will then give you a sudo write, which basically makes it as though you opened the file with sudo permissions. Run, run so that, that by me again because that. The, I, that happens to me all the time where I open Vim and I'm not in, I'm not in like a, uh, you know, I don't have elevated privileges, right? So yeah. I, if I'm wanting to write this or I'd say like, you know, command, yeah, colon W, right? You're saying yep. colon W, and then what do I write after that? Yep, so you would do colon W and then space. Okay. Exclamation mark, sudo. Okay. So the exclamation point does what? That, so the exclamation mark says, okay, now send this to the shell. Interesting, okay. So back, back, you know, back out to bash or whatever was yep, the shell. Right. Um, so bang, sudo, space, T double E, which essentially pipes the output. So T is... um. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, man page. Whoops, that's not what I wanted. Man page T. Um, so T reads from the standard input and writes. So if you've if you've ever done like if you've run a an artisan command and you want to watch output, but you also want to send that output to a file, sure, you would do something like you know PHP artisan my command pipe T right. So like the pipe character T double E. And so what that does is that it will send it to standard output to the screen so that you can see it, but then you can also send that output to a file so that you've got that in, in a history somewhere. So T basically takes the output of the file, runs it like and runs the the file through um through saving it. Interesting. Okay, cool. So colon W and then exclamation point sudo T. Um okay, so if uh, I sudo T percent. And percent is like a, a reference to the current buffer. Gotcha. Okay. So so if I was in, so if I'm in Vim and I press colon and I want to send something to the shell, do I have to put exclamation point first? Yeah. Interesting. And that, that essentially tells Vim that you know everything that follows needs to get sent through the shell rather than okay. to Vim's interpreter. Gotcha. And if I just press colon, then it just then it's like, hey, I'm in command mode, but only for Vim commands, right? And if mm-hmm. I try and type something in there that it doesn't recognize, it's going to say, yeah, I don't know what that is. 
Correct. Okay, yeah. cool. All right, that's helpful. So that's command mode. Okay, so that is not what we're talking about when we're saying we're pressing leader something, right? So I'm in normal mm-hmm. mode, and I want to say leader whatever. Let's just start with something super simple. Let's say like I want, well, you're, there's probably another way to create a new file really simply, right? I know if I'm like, mm-hmm. if I'm in uh, like, what do you call it? CD or C, no, net RW, right? I can just press like percentage, right? The percentage yep. symbol, and that will get me yep. new. Is that how you typically would do that? Or do you yeah, have depends, like a command to make Depends on new... context. Yeah. Okay, it depends on context. So if I'm already in, in NetRW um, or Explorer and I want to create a new file, I might go up to the directory that I need to and then I'd use percent. Yeah. If I need to create a directory, you can press D and then it'll ask for a directory name. You create it, hit enter to go into that directory and then percent to create the file. Um, You can just do, if it's a directory that exists, you can do like colon E. And that will create a new file with a given name. Or you could do like colon VSP, which will open a vertical split with a new file. Um, so if you go like colon VSP space um, app HTTP controllers post controller, that will create a new file in app HTTP controllers post controller.php and then take you to that file using colon E. If you use colon VSP, it'll open in a vertical split, same thing. Colon SP in a horizontal split, same thing. Um, but yeah, I think in de- in default, like there's no if the directory doesn't exist, it will just ter- like it will still create the file. But if you try to write the file, it won't work, um, because you know it's opened up when you open a buffer for a new file, it doesn't exist. It's kind of in memory in Vim until you save it. So if you're trying to save a file into a directory that doesn't exist, then that that will fail. And that's usually where I will like make do first if I'm not wanting to, you know toggle my way through explorer to find where i need to create the directory and then create the file um, got it okay so let's um let's do this like, there is I, like there there is probably undoubtedly a plugin that allows you to just, like just create a file and if the directory doesn't exist it'll create the directory it for, for sure you. sure sure i've so, not used it because like i've just gotten so used to doing it this way that right you know and i've got either explorer or or just like the manual approach and it's you know it's rare that i'm creating a file especially in the context of laravel it's rare that i'm creating a file where i would need to do that because i'm like using make controller or make model or make migration or whatever so it's going to handle creating those directories for me if i need them in any event okay okay gotcha all right so here's here's what i'm going to do i'm going to try and make a really simple and then i know this is there's an easy way to do this in vim so like but i'm going to say i think this will help me get to um what I'm what I'm looking at. So let's say that I want to uh so like I know for like I just did YYP, which does yank and then that's duplicate, right? YYP is basically mm-hmm. duplicate this line. So let's say that I really am not okay with YYP. And what I want to do is I want to map something like leader DD, which is not any faster, right? But like leader D to do that mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. So I know that's a simple example, but maybe I think that would be help me get my head around how I can actually start writing my own. Essentially, they're almost like aliases for me, like mm-hmm. in my brain. That's kind of what I map them to in my brain. So how would I do that? How would I create a own my own little key binding where I can say um, I want to have leader and then I want to pr- press D, leader D, and that's going to duplicate the current line that I'm on. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the first thing, we mentioned this last episode that we weren't sure what the default is. So the default leader key in Vim is backslash. So anytime, 
in okay. in a fresh Vim install, if you if we say leader and you haven't mapped your own leader key, then you would say backslash whatever. So leader okay. in that context is backslash. Okay. In in my case, I map the leader to comma. Okay, which it, I like. It, I think that feels really good. Which like it's easy for me to go from the home row with my middle finger down to totally um, the comma than it is for me to reach with my pinky finger to backslash. I agree. From the yeah. home row. I agree. So let's so, talk about that. How do I set my leader key? So in your VimRC or your okay. init.vim, you yep. just type let space map leader or one word or lowercase. L-I-T-E-R-L-E-A-D-E-R map leader equals. No, okay. Let. Let. Yep. L-E-T. Let map leader. Yep. Yep. Map leader equals. And then yep. quote, comma, close quote. That's okay. it. All right. So there is like in in this NeoVim in it um in it file, I have set and I have let. What is the difference between set and let? Anything? Good question. Don't know. <laughs> so here here is where everyone's gonna find out that I'm a giant Vim fraud. Is that <laughs> I <laughs> I don't get too in the weeds with a lot of this stuff. Sure. Because you can definitely go down the rabbit hole and you can understand and and do all that. I don't know. Like, and it's the same with PHP. I don't know every single thing, but I'll go and look it up if I need to. Um, yeah. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. I've got everyone here. Vim uh, difference between set and let. Set is for setting options, and let is for assigning a value. So, set. I guess you would use. I should have known this. I made myself sound like a dummy. Set is like if you have some value within the context of um, within Vim. So you might see like um, set shift width. So shift width is a setting in Vim that defaults to some value. If you were to if you wanted to change that, um, so I would go set space shift width equals four, and set tab width equals four, so that you know any. And then I would say set expand tab, which would say that okay, every time I press tab, I want you to expand that tab character into four spaces. So set versus let um, is, you know, that, that's where it is, whereas let is where you're defining that variable. And then you'll find in, in like plugins, they might define a whole bunch of things and they're typically prefixed with a G. So you'd have like set yeah, G right, colon blah that. equals yeah, whatever. Like, right. And so that then sets that parameter or that variable in the plugin and then you can override that using let. Okay. So in this case, would I be, so to set my leader key, would I be using let or would I be using set? So map leader. You would leader. use let. Okay. Because because leader key already, or the, you know, the leader is already set already within Vim. Yes, right. So you, you're, you're wanting to, like, sorry, it has a default. So you're wanting to override that now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then mm-hmm. just to make sure that this is all good. And also uh, after I made a change to something like this, I want to, uh, resource my init.vim file, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have yep. a shortcut so for go, doing something like that, or do you just? I've got it set so that whenever I write my vimrc, it will source it. Um, but I usually just like colon so space percent, and what that will do is that will source the current buffer. Nice. So um, colon depend. Yeah, and then colon so is so a special vim command then? Uh, so is just just shorthand. So you'll find that you can use shorthand for 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 a lot of things. So instead of saying source, you could just do so, um, and and it's kind of like the same with artisan commands. Like you could do nice. PHP artisan, 
AAK colon G. And that will key generate because it will try and expand and find the nearest matching yeah. thing that it knows about. So, you know, S colon S, well, that's going to give you a whole bunch of different things. But colon SO, there's nothing else in, um, you defined know, defined to that. Yeah, sure. In, defined for that. So it'll go, okay, so we're just going to assume that this is source. Yeah, so yeah, and colon I do that SO percent. When I do explore, I do colon EX, right? Mm-hmm. And also, right. like, because there's, there's nothing sensitive else there. as well. Right, it seems mm-hmm. like so. Like with explore, it's uppercase E and then lowercase X for like explore. Right, so yeah, okay, interesting. So I've got map leader. So now I've got map leader set to comma. So what's something that is there anything set to use leader and then some letter that is like a common mapping? So like, could I just check to see that it's working? Like if I press leader and then what? If you wanted to see if something exists, you could do um set. I think it's set and then the the mapping. So if you were to do like set. Uh oh, you do end map, right? So if you were to look at all of your mappings in normal mode, you could go colon end map and it will show you everything that maps in normal mode and, and what it is. Okay, I gotta write So you can this go down. and see if there's you can go and see if there's any collisions in there. Um Okay, so if I do if I'm in if I'm in normal mode and then I do colon end map, that gives me a listing of all of my different and these are these are what would come after a comma. This is what would come after my leader key. It will show you all you all of your normal mode mappings. Okay. Um, and it will actually expand the leader key to whatever your leader key is. Yeah, it does. It's showing me the comma. Yeah, there. yeah. So you'll see that there's like a whole comma HP, comma HU, comma HS, which is like, uh, in in this case, Git Gutter has set up those for me. Right. It's got leader. Yeah. Get gutter preview hunk, undo hunk, stage hunk, previous hunk, right? Correct. Yeah. And then so other than when, that, there's not, I don't have a lot of comma, anything set because there'd be all anything. defaults or things that are offered by plugins. So this is where you'll find, um, you know, if, if you've got comma, it will expand that leader to comma. If you've got it as a space, it'll expand that to space. It'll expand to whatever. When you are defining your own mappings, you would use um, angled bracket leader closing angle bracket so you wouldn't you wouldn't use like comma as your mapping you would put leader and that way if you ever change the the leader to space or whatever else that that works for you then that will automatically get resolved nice okay so um so nmap vmap imap these are all things that you can use to check your existing mappings if you find that like your type you've created a mapping and it's not working you can go and see if there's any collisions to see what it is actually mapping to interesting okay so vmap then is for visual mode and imap is for insert mode right mm-hmm. okay yeah insert mode mappings okay cool so i want to do an i want to do a end map so i want to do actually i want to do a let's see let's do i let's do an imap so an insert mode mapping so if mm-hmm. i if i wanted to make it so that when i press comma d that that duplicates my line um mm-hmm. What do I need to do there? How do I, how, so, where do I put that at? Where do I store that like binding at? So you could, in, so in a, in Vim sorcery, you would put that in a mappings.vim file. In, in okay. a standard install, you would probably just put it in your vimrc. Okay. So I'm just, so um, like in, in nvim, I'm just going to put it in my init.vim. Mm-hmm, okay. Correct. All right. So where, so what do I start typing then? Do I do a, is it a let? Uh, so in, in bindings, you would just type, so you're doing it in, in insert mode. So yeah, I, well yeah, right, exactly. In insert mode, I want to do comma d, right, and then it would duplicate my line. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's there's two ways of going about it. There's imap and i know rem uh, i know remap. 
Okay. <laughs> um, so the no remap essentially means um, to avoid recursive mappings so that it doesn't, like if you were to have a mapping where you've got like leader DD. Okay. Um, and then as part of that mapping, you have DD in the mapping. I know map or I know remap or whatever is to avoid it trying to expand that mapping from I your see. mapping and then calling itself recursively. Got it. Okay. Um, in this scenario, we won't need to worry about it. So you could just do IMAP. So I just type call an IMAP or just IMAP? Uh, just IMAP. Okay. Um, and then leader. So is it angle bracket leader or is it do I type leader or do I type? Yep. Yep. So IMAP, angle bracket, leader, closing angle bracket. Okay. And then? DD. DD. Okay. Um, and then space. Okay. Um, and then you would just type YYP. Interesting. Okay. And so then I'm gonna wa- you'd have an angle bracket CR closing angle bracket, which represents a carriage return. So pressing enter. Okay. So after YYP, I'm going to do angle bracket. Uh, In fact, you wouldn't even need that. You could probably do without it. Okay. Yeah. Because it kind of already does that, right? Mm-hmm. And then we do SO percentage to source. And then I'm going to do comma DD. And it deleted it. Which because <laughs> DD yeah. is uh, delete the line, right? Yeah, but you have to do an insert mode, right? Now, what ah, you'll yes, find when, right, 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 when right, you... Right. In fact, this is probably going to be problematic because... Um, I wonder. Oh, no, that's fine. Yeah. No, that's fine. So what you'll find when you do that in insert mode is it doesn't actually yank the line and then paste it. What okay. it's going to do is it gonna, it's going to insert the string YYP at your cursor. Hmm. Okay. Right? And that's because YYP is not an insert mode motion. You're right. That's it's a, no, that's a, normal, a normal mode motion. Right. So what you would do is before the YYP is you have angle bracket ESC, closing angle bracket, and that's to signify to Vim that before you run this, you know, before you press YYP effectively, you want to escape to go back to normal mode, then run YYP. It did it. Yay, it worked. Right. And then you'll find that that puts you like probably at the start of the line and it's probably yep, still it in does. normal mode. Yep. It's, back, um, it's in normal mode. Yep. So, I mean, I guess you would want to go I at the end of that mapping then. So uh, just type I, like the letter I, or do I have to do angle brackets mm-hmm. or anything? Nope, YYPI. just I. So you, yeah, YYPI. And so what that will do is is that's the same as what you would do. You would you would you would press escape on your keyboard. You would go yank yank, you know, YYP. Yeah. And, and then I and that would take you back to the insert mode. Oh my gosh, so freaking cool. That's um, but really this is sweet. like, you know, and, and this is where it comes down to like this this works for you. Um I think and we touched on this last episode with, with Jesse, is that you kind of in the Vim world, get used to going into and out of mappings. Yeah, right. Um, and and it's like you're not in insert mode. You're in normal mode. You're going to insert to do something and then you're leaving. And it's kind of reflexive after a period of time that you would like type something and then hit escape. Right, it is. It's, it, yeah, correct. That's where I'm at right now. Like I've done it enough now that I press escape immediately. As soon as I do anything, I'm already in normal mm-hmm. mode again. So, yeah, it's... So, you know, you never... You're never in insert mode. You're really in in normal mode, waiting to go into right. the next insert. So if I would just probably type end map on this one, then right. So then, well, well, no. And that, what I'm getting at is that, you know, once you use Vim for a, a period of time, 
we I wouldn't do, you know, comma DD in insert mode very often. I would hit escape, yank, yank, paste. Right, as sure, a, yeah. As a more, like, and that's kind of more, you know, Vim-like, is, is to not find ways to do normal mode motions in insert mode. It would be getting yourself into the mindset that you would leave insert mode to run that motion right. And then you know, go back and and proceed on the next thing. So that makes sense. So, so basically, I have if I wanted to do an N map, an I map, or a V map, or anything like that. If I want to bind a mapping, that's what I have to first specify. So I have to understand that there's three different mapping sets essentially. Or I suppose is there maybe more? Is there other modes? Like is there C map for command mapping or no? No. Okay. So N map, I map, V map. Those are the three. So if I want to have a normal mode mapping, the sort of the the way that I write it is nmap, just like that space, and then mm-hmm. I'm going to type leader in angle brackets. So that's like a special way to denote to Vim, hey, I'm using one of your special sort of um, keywords here, your reserved keywords here that you're going to have uh, specified. So angle bracket, leader, angle bracket, and then I'm going to type my key that's going to come after leader. So like leader D in this case is sort of like my key binding, my shortcut. And then after that, I'm going to Mm -hmm. press space. And then I'm going to tell it what I want it to do. What what keys do I want it to press when I do leader D in normal mode? And in this case, um, because I was in the insert mode, I could do, again, one of those reserved names, angle bracket escape, angle bracket ESC, and angle bracket. It will get me back out of insert mode. And Mm -hmm. I'll do YYP which was yank, yank, paste. And then I would get me back into insert mode. And that's it. So you have which mapping you're doing, nmap, imap, or vmap, the shortcut, leader, and then the, mm-hmm. the, the number or the letter, and then your actual keys that you would type in order to perform whatever action you're wanting to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's And, awesome. you know, that's, that's probably a good place to start, you know, when you're trying to sort of shortcut those processes before you kind of bring up the muscle memory to do that. The other thing that that you're often going to find yourself using mappings for is calling out to either native Vim methods or or calling, um, you know, other plugin commands or things like that. So you'll find that for the most part, all of your bindings, like we talked about test nearest and all of that stuff last week, where you would go, um, you know, leader tn space and then Colon, so I I will write the file. So I will go, you know, colon W, carriage return, colon test nearest. And what that's going to do when I run leader TN from normal mode is it will write the file and then it will call test nearest, which is provided by the Vim test plugin. Um, and that just makes sure that like for all of my open buffers, everything's saved. So I don't have to worry, you know, if I've made a bunch of changes and I'm going through the red green refactor cycle, I don't have to like make sure the files are saved and then go and run test manually it will just go and do all of that for me and then run the test and that's so that you don't get into that inconsistent state with your um you know test in that this you know i made all these changes but nothing's happened sure because you know you forgot to save the files. so you know it's it's a good way to shortcut that kind of stuff that you're doing a lot you know you're going to be running tests a lot you're going to be running your last test you know running the last test um that that failed and then going from the test to the controller to the model you know, bouncing around to three different files to, you know, extend some functionality or to add a model factory or to do that kind of thing rather than having to, you know, control 
owe your way back to the class or go through your buffers or whatever. You can just run, te- you know, test last, test last, or the you know later TL to test last, and that will go and save all of those files and then go and run your last test. Um, so it's it's really about shortcutting the the kind of tedious things and the and the the, the repetitive stuff. But for things like you know general motions that are just offered by Vim, um, the more you get to use Vim, I think typically, at least certainly in my experience, and you know from what I've seen from other people, is that you just you will jump out of insert mode, go to normal mode, do the thing, go back to insert mode, or go to visual mode and and you know select make a selection. That you want to apply some things on and do it that way. So, okay, it's yeah. um, that's super, yeah, it's, it's all about quickly editing text. It's not you know, it's not about all of the the features and the refactorings and all that kind of stuff. It's about helping you edit text in the most quick and efficient way possible. Really love it. Okay, very cool. So, so we have learned about mappings. Uh, that one plugin that you just talked about, which you said was called Vim Test. I think is what you said. I need to look at that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Vim test plugin. That's something I need to look at. Okay, one more thing I wanted to talk about real quick uh, before we wrap this up because we are at about the 52-minute mark. So you and Jesse both mentioned that you use Tmux. So Tmux um, can be used locally. It's great. I think Tmux for me has been most helpful when I want to get into a... Um, I want to get an SSH session. I want to get a shell session into one of my remote servers, right? And mm-hmm. let's say I want to run a job. Let's so so like a couple of weeks ago, there's this process that downloads and expands the zip and then runs through all these CSVs and it and then reads all the CSVs and writes values into the database and then goes and downloads all these files that are up there that are phone calls that need to be downloaded locally to be persisted and saved so they can be analyzed by whatever it is, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's you can imagine just talking through that. That's that's a longer process. And it was 4:30 and I didn't want to wait for that to get done. So I jump over mm-hmm. to my server. As soon as I get on that server, I type Tmux. And what Tmux does is it will open a local session on that machine. So my SSH session is not connected directly to a session it is, but it's basically proxying me into that server and then jumping me into this session that lives on the server itself. What that allows me to do is start a job or start something on that mm-hmm. server and then get out of that, uh, get out of that session, or just leave that terminal completely, and it's still running on that server, right? And then if I come back to that server later, I can tmux ls, which will show me all my running sessions or all my listed sessions, and then I can attach back to that previous session that I created. So that's that's what mm-hmm. I've used tmux for. However, it sounds like you guys are using tmux for almost like Vim window management, if I can call it that, right? So being able to do vertical, horizontal splits, things like that. Um, and I guess what Tmux also allows you to do is if you had a project open previously, you might be able to attach to that session and get right back to where you were. Like I had my tests mm-hmm. open over here. I had, you know, a couple different, and actually this would be really handy because I had a, I had a, um, a project recently where I was on a branch, right. And I was really deep in the weeds and I had these three or four files open and I really, I, I needed to be able to keep those open because that's where I had kind of sort of left off. But there was a couple of occasions where I needed to jump out of that branch and back into the master branch and make a quick change. 
And I didn't want to lose that that like editor. Like I, I wanted to just keep those windows. So I'd end up opening Sublime or Vim over here somewhere so I could get to different mm-hmm. files and not lose my spot. With Tmux, I could have just saved that session, essentially, jumped out to a brand new session, switched branches, right? And then and then come back to that session previously, right? Come back to that session of. later. Okay. So anyway. I'll, that, that's my that's my brief understanding of Tmux, and I'm sure we're going to get really into the weeds on this. So we'll try and keep it brief here. But overall, how is it that you use Tmux to sort of handle doing your window stuff? Mm-hmm. So that that scenario that you just described, where you're going to jump between branches, that will sure. sort of work. Um, because if you were to close the session, start a new session, going, you're going to change branches. Sure. Yeah. And so. You go from your feature branch back to master branch. Now, if you forget that you're in master branch, when you go back to that first session, which you're expecting to be in your feature branch, you'll find that when you open NeoVim, it's going to reload that file and you're going to see the changes from master. Mm. So this is this is like a whole other thing. And this is in Gitland where we're using work trees. And so I will check out a bare repo, which basically clones down everything but you don't you don't have any branches in there and you check out work trees and that way you can have master branch and you can have a feature branch and a bug fix branch and you can have like 10 different branches open all at the same time and you just jump between directories and that is a representation of that feature and so that's really useful when you when you're doing pull requests locally um, or if you're working across multiple features that are that are related or maybe unrelated and you want to be able to go, okay, here's my master copy. And, and where this is really useful is that I've always got a copy of master checked out at any time. And if I need to do any regression testing or I need to look at anything in master in the browser, then I know master's always there and I can just do a git pull without having to stash and switch branches and composer install and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I don't have to worry about the scenario where you're in where you might lose some changes as you're switching between branches because each branch is effectively open in its own directory. That's interesting. So it doesn't What's affect. that called? I've never heard so of it. So it's git, git work trees. Work trees? And that's trees? a whole, whole other, yeah, git work tree. So that's built right into git. Um, but nice. that's a that's a whole other thing that, that we can talk about another time. Um, in terms of Tmux, the way that I use it is that I, like I open iTerm and it goes to full screen and then I open Tmux. And so I've got, every time I open a new shell, I've got a, a script in my Z shell RC like my configuration file that goes, yep. is Tmux running? If it's not, go and attach to the last session. If there isn't a session, go and create a new session. So it's I've always got Tmux open anytime iTerm is open. No, that's cool. And okay. so the the way that I do that is that I I use a session to represent a project. So we've got our back end and our front end, our separate repositories, the separate projects. So I will have one session that is the back end, and what and then I'll open a new session that's got the front end open in it. And so rather than switching between windows or switching between projects, they're just always there. And, and you I can, can name switch between sessions. sessions. Too, right? And you can name the sessions and so I can go, you know, and jump between them whenever I need to. So if I'm working on the front end and the back end, or I need to, you know, start the the NPM build server because we're using Nuxt for the front end, then I can jump into the front end directory or the session. I can run um, you know, the NPM build process, and then I can jump straight back to the back end. Um to where my code is for the API, the opener in the browser um, and look at the UI and then make changes. And it's just like off there in the background somewhere going about its business, the the front end. 
But I've got that even for my own personal stuff. I've got a client that has three different projects open. So each one of those projects is in its own session. Um, any of my personal stuff is in its own session. I've got then ping me that's open its own session. So these things are always just open and I just switch between them um, rather than jumping between directories in, in one place and then having to do all this stuff. Cause then, you know, then ping me might have a, a, a pane open for Vim and then there's a pane for test and I've got like NPM running or whatever, like all these different things for yeah, different, exactly. different projects and different scenarios. But the main one for work at the moment is that I've got the back end, which is Laravel API open in one session. And then I've just got like NPM running in another session to, to, you know, build the the front end and serve that um that makes sense yeah, so right, I, that actually so answers another question just open all the time it answers another question for me too which was how do you switch quickly between projects right so in php storm i press command it's like a super it's like command control shift p and then mm-hmm. i can just type in i want to work on whatever it is right and that will get me back to the last set of files that were open in that it'll switch me over to that project right it scopes all of my searches to just be for that particular project that i'm in right it does all that for me um mm-hmm. and so basically the, your answer to that is tmux so you just have named yep. sessions in tmux and so now do those persist across reboots and all that stuff or when you have a reboot do you have to re re get all those sessions back started and what how does that work uh so there's a, a tmux plugin called resurrect that i use and that allows me to kind of save save the state so I could, you know, if I've got six or seven different sessions open, I can save the state so that when I open TMUX the next time after a reboot, I can restore that state and it will go and restore all those windows and the panes and the configurations they were in. Um, it won't reattach to remote sessions, like if I'm SSH somewhere or something like that, but it's not a problem the majority of the time. Um, but being able to say like, you know, I like to have a, a, a 70, 30 or an 80, 20 split of like Vim and then another pane for running lazy Git or running tests or whatever, then it will remember that kind of window configuration for each session. And that way I don't have to worry about, you know, opening it and then spacing it out and all of that kind of stuff. There's other plugins. There's like um, Tmuxinator that allows you to sort of configure, like I want a, a PHP project. And then you would open the PHP project in a given directory and it would go and set up all your panes and splits and things like that. Um, I don't go to that extent, but it's certainly a possibility. And is that like, is that a, a Tmux config stuff? So like you're talking about these Tmux plugins. Does Tmux mm-hmm. have its own like plugin sort of yep. um, package manager it's, deal? Yeah. Yeah. So it's got like, you can have plugins and then you've got um, the T- Tmux plugin manager, which is another thing that you throw in there and then it goes and figures out what you've got and then you run your... It, it's very similar to using Vplug, but but for Tmux. Okay. Okay. So that's a whole nother ball of wax I need to go yeah. sort of explore now is Tmux and all that good stuff. Uh, mm. Because, yeah, right now, um, I, I know that you said like there's like VSP, it's like vertical split, right? And is that in command mode, command VSP? colon vsp yep. yeah, yeah so you can go like vsp is another one of those shortcuts so colon vsp is a shortcut for v split vsplit mm-hmm. um but i've got that map to like leader v if you're and then that will open a, yeah yep and that'll just like open a vertical split i've got leader h will open a horizontal split because that that a makes more sense like vertical horizontal um and, and it's, so you said you, know, you said leader v can, and so leader is h a, is less is that, a, is that an end map Okay, so like if I want to do that real quick, so I'm going to do that and maybe we can just stop there. But end map, and then I'm going to do leader, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do v, and yep. then I'm going to space, and that's going to do. So do I have to type colon? Colon. Yep. 
Is this capital yep. V? Uh, no, lowercase. Lowercase and SP, same thing. Yep. And then I'm and then do the same CR. thing for H. Okay, oh, say CR. And uh, the instead of VSP, this one's going to be HSP, right? Mm-hmm. And when I do carriage return, is that sort of Sorry, not HSP, special... it'll just be SP. Just SP, okay. Yeah. Um, and, and carriage return is, is your um your symbol for enter. So if you were to if you were just to leave it as colon VSP without the enter, what that would do is it would put colon VSP into the command uh insert mode and then it would place your cursor at the end of the VSP and then you could type whatever you want. Right. So right. So if I want to do carriage return, if, what is what do I type? Return? Like angle bracket uh, return? Angle bracket CR. CR. Capital yep, CR lowercase. Uh, it doesn't matter. I okay. typically just do lowercase. Some people prefer uppercase. I just, it's less, you know, you don't have to sh- look for that shift key if it's all lowercase. Okay. All right, here we go. Um, and then horizontal split is just Got it. Uh, SP. Cool. There we go. I'm going crazy. Okay, so now how do I close these ones? Uh, so to close a, a split, you just colon Q. And do you have a V, do you have a mapping for that too? Uh, no, I just colon, colon Q. Colon Q. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome, man. This is great. Okay, so I have learned in this session, I have learned, we've recapped what I learned last time. We have talked about being able to see all of my key mappings from colon nmap, colon vmap, colon imap. Uh, I have learned how to put a new map. Is it a mapping or is it a key binding? Which one? Which would you call it? For colon, I mean, mappings is the name of the file, but they're key bindings. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. I've learned about Vimtest plugin, which I have to take a look at. Git work trees, which is a whole thing I have to explore still, which I think is really yeah, interesting. Yeah, come, come to that much later, much later. Much later. Okay. And then we talked about Tmux a little bit. So Tmux for window management stuff. So this idea of being able to open a Tmux uh, shell session every time I open a new window, if I don't have one running, that's interesting to me. Um, using sessions to represent projects is also pretty cool, naming those sessions. And then a couple things to look at with like Tmux plugins resurrect tmuxinator and then the tmux plugin manager to sort of push all those things in there so i know nothing about tmux uh as far as like configuration stuff so i'll have to look at that a little bit but Mm -hmm. the thing that i mostly learned today is how to map new key bindings which i think is pretty dang cool that's very very handy awesome yeah okay dude thanks hey folks uh thanks for sticking with us it's been an hour and five minutes of michael basically teaching me how to do vim goodness so if uh if you like this sort of stuff and you think this is helpful feel free to stick around for the next episodes we'll probably do a couple more of these i'm gonna do some homework this next time and by the time we're through a couple more of these episodes at least one more uh hopefully we've got a bare bones uh vim and vim set up and i can get to work using that awesome thanks Mm -hmm. dude again for your help i really appreciate it beautiful all right all right well this is episode one i think you would say 113 114? 114. 114. Let me hold on. I'm going to double check real quick. One second. <laughs> iCloud Drive Podcast NMS. This is 114. Hey, episode 114. You can find the show notes for this at northmeetsouth.audio slash 114. Hit us up on Twitter at Jacob Bennett at Michael Dorinda. And as always, if you like the podcast, feel free to rate it up in your podcatcher of choice. Four stars would be four stars. Five stars would be much appreciated. Four stars would be much appreciated too. Any any uh, Anything for this uh, at this point. Uh, but we are losing an hour of sleep tonight. And so it is technically 1225 mm. right now. So I am, whew, we'll be beat. Springing forward. 
you can't have my son. You can just leave my son here. <laughs> it was perfect today. We went down to yeah, the beach like with a friend that we haven't seen, like literally hadn't seen him for 11 months. So I went, went and did that. And That's awesome. Kids were running around, tied themselves out. It was great. But uh, I think great. we're getting Hopefully towards the off. end of our warm weather. Yeah, I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. We'll take it back here. I'm missing it for sure. <laughs> awesome. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for hanging out. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.